Attention military veterans and military personnel. This is Tracy from Lakewood College, and I am excited to announce the new partnership between ETA Associates and Jamal King's Make Real Estate Real. Give me a call so I can see if you qualify to receive the Make Real Estate Real with no out-of-pocket expense to you. I can be reached at 1-800-517-0857. My extension is 700. You may also visit us at www.moneyforbets.com. Again, that is money, the number four, bets.com. You may also schedule an appointment with me through my text-only number at area code 216-678-9933. I look forward to speaking with you all. It's okay, it's okay to be educated, but we don't have to be inundated. So... That is, for, for myself personally, specifically looking at improvement of, of lung health, just going for a walk. 10, 10 to 20 minutes a day is the, is, the, is the bar, you know, to get some of these benefits. So thank you for asking that question, E. This week, our show is brought to you by our partner in crime, Organifi. Organifi is an organic superfood supplement line that makes quality, trusted nutrition convenient and accessible. Their most popular product, Green Juice, can supercharge your life, restore that glow, and help you feel decades younger in just 30 seconds per day without having to worry about shopping for ingredients, mixing and blending them, and then cleaning up afterwards. All ingredients are USDA organic, vegan-friendly, and made without GMO ingredients, gluten, or soy. Where else can you get superfoods like chlorella, moringa, spirulina, wheatgrass, ashwagandha, and turmeric? Just to name a few. So make sure you guys check it out at www.organifi.com forward slash success. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash success. I wake up every single day, I am who I say I am, and I get what I get because I live in beast smoke. Stop being gazelle, you're not average. You're not even good, you were born to be great. What's going on world, welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host CJ, joined as always in person. In By person. the Bayesian sensation, Mr. Carl Wesley Phillips. What's happening, y'all? What it do? Man, we the last of the Mohicans in here uh, freezing in Antarctica. Uh, we got uh, Dr. King in the building. I can see Dr. King out there. Let's How go. are you, sir? Nine to five Man. millionaire. We doing got a, wonderful, bro. Doing yeah, wonderful. We got, we got a bunch of authors, authors on this podcast. Oh, I'm excited. You know what I'm we, got, uh, we got Douglas out there in sunny San Diego. Douglas, what's happening? Blessed, man. Good to see Sean. I feel like, you know, I feel like somebody's sharing the same sun, yeah. same yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, west, west. Hey. <laughs> uh, y'all know this next man. He needs no introduction. We'll give him one anyway. Uh, fresh off the best-selling book, Sleep Smarter. Ooh. He's got a new project out that we're going to hear about today. And, uh, man, been a, a friend of the show, uh, a family member of the show. Maybe our first guest ever? Mm. Yeah. Yep. Best guest ever. Yeah. 
Some kind of way, Moss snuck on here and never left. But uh, hey, I still, this I, gentleman, he got hey, enough. No, no, I still get emails to this day, y'all. Like, yo, here's a person that we think will be good for your show. I'm like, y'all don't watch our show, do y'all? Uh, we only have about two or three guests oh, on that's here it. in that's four it. years. We ain't doing hey, it e, like that. Hey, e, the only reason why I snuck on the show is because CJ needed a bodyguard. You know what I'm saying? He, <laughs> he, he needs somebody with a little bit of muscle, dog. That was Some a, protection. You know, you know, uh, my man, uh, my man from the Model Health Show, my man Sean Stevenson is in the in the in the building with us. Sean, what's up, man? Welcome, brother. What's good, man? Happy appreciate to be back you, you guys. being on. Yeah, no, nah, man, it's been it's been too long, and I actually say I'm I'm glad to have you on, man, because um I've dubbed this the AARP podcast now. <laughs> um, so before every podcast, Sean, and I, this is why I, I was like, Sean, uh. got to come on here now. Because before every podcast, I got to listen to Maul talk about his hip replacement. <laughs> Carl Carl smells like Bengay right now. Like, I can smell Bengay just <laughs> wafting through the air right uh, in my vicinity. I'm trying to keep six feet because Carl, uh, you, know, we, you know who he voted for. <laughs> so... But I can still smell the Ben Gay uh, uh, everywhere. So, you know, they talking about joint cream, hip creams. <laughs> and it's good to just have somebody else in shape on the podcast. So welcome, brother. Man, it's good to be here, man. Before the show, low-key, Carl was like, my bladder don't work like that. I got to run to the bathroom. Hey, you see what I'm dealing with? Anything you said can be used hey, against Sean, you, y'all. Sean, did you watch the episode, though, where CJ was in the pool and there was a little bug in there? And he <laughs> flipped the little bug and all of a sudden his finger joint came out? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. bro. So Not from on, the man. flick. From the flick. Uh, he he the flick of the wrist. The hey, Sean, Sean, tell Maul it was this finger. <laughs> it was this finger right there. It was that finger. I don't know if you can see it. It's still... <laughs> it's just not coming back. Um, <laughs> listen, man, we are, uh, Sean, we're post-Thanksgiving. Some of us uh, have, have did better than others during Thanksgiving. And, uh, w- brother, we're just trying to get back. So we figured, man, what better time than to have the man himself uh, back on the podcast. But why don't you catch us up, man, before we get into everything? Why don't you catch us up? What you been working on since uh, we saw you last? What's going on? I know Maul was on the podcast. A lot of exciting stuff going on, man. Catch us up. You moved. Yeah, talk you, about you, that you, move to the west you, side. You, you, oh, you, you and E can see each other from adjacent <laughs> rooftop mountaintops. <laughs> well, man, it's it's been crazy, man. You know, I'm born and raised in the Midwest, uh, just like everybody, man. And we recently moved out here about a year ago to Cali. And it, it was we were just in time for a lot of craziness to take mm-hmm. place. And I'm grateful because mm-hmm. I get to see firsthand, you know, the different spectrum of humanity, you know, and just our perspectives. Yeah. And so it's been an adventure, man. But even and I haven't really talked about this, even at the airport on the way over here, even at the hotel on the way over here in the move, I was working on this book. I was mm. obsessed, man, for the last year and a half. You know, I read over a thousand peer review studies and uh, really wanted to put something together to change, to help to shift the culture, man. You know, and there's a really big, really powerful underlying thing. And I don't know if I really told you guys about this, but this book is going to be at every Target store across the country. Come you know? on. And not just in Come the on. book section, yeah. but they're putting together a special yeah. 2021 wellness campaign around Eat Smarter. That, does, that doesn't happen. Wow. I used uh, to work at Target. You feel wow. me? Let's I go. was pushing the carts. I was a floater, you know? Yeah. Wow. yeah. And now I'm a part of this movement, man. And, you know, I really feel like I was born for this time, you know, mm. and just to get our communities healthier. It's really, um, yeah. it's, it's the mission, man. And so, you know, I've been obsessed in writing this book, but 
like I said, a thousand peer review studies, but making it fun, making it entertaining, yeah. making it connect, right? Creating that connective tissue. So most importantly, our community can really get this information and apply it in our lives because we have to take it upon ourselves, man. You know, like we, we can't keep on waiting for somebody to come around and fix this for us, you know, and this is really the time. It's offering 20, this time 2020 has stirred stuff up so much and created so much turbulence, it's easier to change. When it's rigid yeah. and, 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 and a solid, it's very yeah. difficult to come in and change it. So I'm just, I just feel like we're being offered an opportunity. Yeah, no, nah, man, and we're excited to hear about it. I got a bunch of questions I want to ask. I know the fellas got some questions for you, too. Um, but I kind of want to just, I guess, you know, obviously, you know, you are the, the world's leading authority in health. And so, you know, we obviously are going through the pandemic right now. And one of the things that, you know, you really put me up on game, I called you. You know, like, I'm not playing with it. I use my resources. And I called you, and you were like, man, like, like again, the mask is cool. You know, washing your hands every five seconds is cool, but you got to be able to build up your immune system. And you were big on that. And you, and it sounded like again, you were frustrated just because nobody's really talking about that. And I told my wife, and when she was like, "You talk to Sean, what he say?" She was like, "He wasn't mad at anything that anybody's doing." I think you know when you turn on CNN, when you turn on you know any of your local stuff, you're reading the newspaper, you look online, everything is like. You know, mask, wash hands, which, okay, cool. You should be doing that. We could social distance. We could do whatever. But you keep saying, like, why is nobody talking about how to build our immune systems, which is the number one defense mechanism that you have against any virus, not just coronavirus, against the flu, against, you know, whatever comes your way. And so I want you to kind of just yeah. really quick uh, speak to it and then why the, the virus has been disproportionately affecting uh, the African-American community was one of your big kind of, you know, pushes yeah. as to why we needed to get healthy. And, uh, you know, we joke a lot on this podcast, but the reality of the situation is we do want to be leaders in this space and we want to be able to inform our listeners that, you know, there are some tangible things that you can begin to do today that will help to build your immune system. So if, you know, God help us, we do catch the virus or, you know, whatever, we'll be able to fight that off. So can you just speak to that, um, you know, real quickly? Absolutely, man. So first and foremost, just understand right off the bat right now, as it stands, African-Americans three times more likely to die hmm. from inf getting this infection. Three mm -hmm. times. Wow. And it's not OK. It's not OK. And it's because of our underlying susceptibility, not because we're genetically defected. It's because mm -hmm. of the way that our social structures are around our health. Mm -hmm. And this is something that we can change, like I said, man. And the reason that this conversation hasn't been had, you know, sp specifically speaking about why are they not talking about when they have the special news report that everybody, you know, followed the, the, the holy trinity of mm -hmm. distancing and, and wearing a mask, washing your hands. Why are we not talking about getting our communities healthier? It's because they mm -hmm. never talked about that. That's never been a focus. Mm -hmm. It's not all of a right. sudden going to be a focus. But right. my job is to continue to point us back to what's real. And mm -hmm. the biggest factor behind that, first and foremost, is that. Right now in the United States, we are the sickest nation in the history of modern man, self-inflicted. Over 200 wow. million people here in the United States right now are overweight or obese. Over 135 million people have type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes. 60% mm. of the population has heart disease, some form of heart disease right now. And this disproportionately affects African-Americans, right? And we just need to get face-to-face -face with this and understand, again... When, when, the, when the news conference, when they're coming on, when the, when the task force is coming on and telling us what to do, not once have they talked about we need to get our communities healthier. 
And mm-hmm. here's the ultimate effect, man. And the CDC published this report. I was saying this back in April, you know, looking at the data coming out of Italy. Yep. Of all the souls that we've lost, of all the folks who've lost their lives, 94% of these folks had an average of 2.6 pre, pre-existing chronic diseases, mm. had an average of 2.6 comorbidities, wow. additional causes of death. Yeah. It's, it's, literally, it's like our lifestyle and our health loaded the gun and COVID came along and pulled the trigger. Mm. Yeah. That's what's happened, man. And the, you, you here's man, the great son, news, though. Oh, go yeah, ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, you on some Stay right where you at. Because me and Maul talked about this the other day. Dude called me and was like, man, it's over. I'm getting a divorce. You know, my wife and da-da-da, he blamed it on COVID. Hmm. And I was like, eh, COVID might have just showed you a mirror. You know what Facts. I'm saying? Like, yeah. it wasn't COVID that killed your marriage. It was the things that happened leading up to COVID that killed your marriage. You know what I'm saying? COVID was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, if you will. Yeah. Hmm. That's it, man. Like this issue, these issues have been brewing, festering underneath the surface for years, you know? And like I said, we haven't had a focus on getting our communities healthier. And the beautiful part is, like I was saying to you guys early, like I really feel like I was born for this moment. I've done, I literally did a talk for like this uh, Jewish community center. And then mm-hmm. that same day, I went and did a talk in East St. Louis. Hmm. And this is like, I went and did a talk at this, it, so this woman came to a class I was teaching, and this was about maybe 10 years ago. And she went home and told her husband, this was on State Street, which is just a desolated area in East St. Louis. Mm-hmm. They had a barbecue restaurant. And she went home and told her husband, Dilbert, she, she went home and told him, we're going to turn this into a health food store. Hmm. I had no, I didn't even know who the woman was. Loretta, wow. shout out to Loretta. But she went and, and she did it. She turned hmm. it into a health food store, really in the middle of, you know, this concrete jungle. Hmm. And I went and did a talk there and it was people just packed. The building was packed. People was hanging out the doors, looking in the windows, inspired and find just hearing that change is possible, yeah. you know? And so yeah. that's ultimately what it is, man. We just have to make the education uh, accessible as Jamal talks about all the time, man, exposure. That's what changed my life. That's what I grew up in this, just like you guys, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I grew up in the condition where, you know, we were on food stamps, WIC, we were getting free food from uh, food banks as well. Every year, even for Christmas, Christmas coming up right now, every year we would get gifts from this charity. Every year for three years, I got Yahtzee. I hate Yahtzee <laughs> to this day. I hate it. We get the free gifts, you know what I mean? What but, is Yahtzee? Yeah. <laughs> it's a board game. It's a game. Okay. It's a it's a board game with with some dice that we would just take the dice and they play craps. I still don't know. No doubt. No doubt. Oh, okay. All right. Craps. All right. I know craps. All right. All right. <laughs> but you know, uh, in that yeah. in that environment, man, you know, I didn't know that there was a difference. Food was just food. It's just stuff you eat. Yeah. I didn't know that there was a difference in whether or not that food was grown, you know, with organic, or I didn't know that there was a difference between a fish stick. And, you know, you know, uh, wild caught salmon. It was just stuff that you eat. And little did I know that every bite of food that I was taking was having an effect on my genetic expression. Wow. Yeah. And mm. once I became aware of that, once I became aware that I, my genes don't determine my destiny and there's genetic, there's these epigenetic factors that can literally make my body print out better copies. And I shared my story a little bit on the past episodes, but when I was 20, I was diagnosed with the incurable spinal condition. Just relegated to live my life in pain and be on medications. 
And that wasn't the that wasn't my destiny. You know, every physician that I saw told me the same thing. And they meant well. They meant well. But when they say incurable, that just means they don't know. Mm. You know, and by I did at the time I didn't realize that every again, I was making my my body out of the things that I was eating. And my ultimate point I want to really kick this off with today is that right now, I just taught a neuroscience class at NYU. I'm speaking at conferences, teaching doctors, mm. all these different things for the, for the past few years. This exposure and me having contact with these folks, one of my friends, he was in medical school for 16 years of training to be the top gastroenterologist in the world. He shared with me, he focuses on the organs that deal with the digestion and metabolism of food. 16 years, he had two weeks of nutrition, two weeks wow. of nutrition training. And he treats the organs that are associated with dealing with the food that you eat. Wow. There's something fundamentally wrong with the system because food makes up your heart. It literally, if we're talking about cardiology, your heart is made of the things that you've eaten. Your brain is made of the things that you've eaten. Mm. Once we change those ingredients, those inputs, it can literally transform your life. Wow. No, and again, I feel like I get smarter every time. Sean oh, no comes doubt. On the podcast. You, <laughs> I've been talking to these dudes so long, Sean. I just, <laughs> my brain is fried anyway. It don't matter what I eat. Talking to these clowns every week. Um, no, and, and, and guys, feel free to jump in here as, as we're going throughout. I think, um, you know, again, it's such good information. I think the one question I would have, Sean, and again, man, I think now there's so much information out there, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, you should be vegan. You should never eat meat. You should eat right. meat. You should eat fish. Right. You should not eat yeah. fish. You should, you know, and it's like, I think people get kind of this analysis paralysis where we're not exactly sure. Like, I think most of us know, like, hey, you should probably put some vegetables in your life. You should probably uh, get some water and you drinking water. Right. I saw uh, the right. video, Sean's son, on the podcast. By the way, I love that, man. You know, Trey <laughs> is on the podcast regularly. So to see Braden on the podcast is really dope. And then, you know, he's talking about drinking water. And, you know, I saw that. But, um, man, there's so much information. Like, what kind of water? Now my wife is like, we can't get this bottle of water. We got to get, you know, it's just a lot, to be honest with you, bro. And so help us kind of, and I know that's what the book does. I don't want to give away too much of the book because y'all got to go buy the book, of course. Um, but help us kind of, like, give us a cheat sheet, if you will, for how we should, like, daily be living, mm -hmm. like, realistically now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Don't give us nothing just put dirt on the tip of your tongue and, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, drink a gallon of water. Like, hey, hey get, if it works, John, tell me. I'll do, I'll do the tip of dirt if it works. <laughs> hey, can, can E, give somewhere where E can still use mayonnaise with every meal. <laughs> a tip of dirt a day. Listen, so here's, and you just said it, see, there's so many different diet frameworks today and there's a lot mm -hmm. of infighting, you know, this preaching to the choir oftentimes. And everybody's like nitpicking each other on the minutia of the different diets. Instead of looking at the overarching, what are the things that are most relevant for every successful diet? And that's what I did with eSmarter. It's a unifier. I don't care what diet framework you subscribe to. These mm. are the principles that make them successful long term. These are the things mm. that no matter what diet you're on, no matter what supplements you're taking, will damage you long term. And people need to know these things. And so for me, the most important thing is getting a fundamental shift in how we see food. That's the most important part because the way that we've seen food thus far has not worked. Most of the time when people think about diet and nutrition, in our culture, when they think of those terms, they relate it to weight. It's related to weight and weight loss when we think about diet and nutrition and is a huge mistake. That's just one tiny aspect 
it's a fraction of what food does. Because as I mentioned, your heart is literally made of the food that you eat. Your brain is made of the food that you eat. Your, even the words that I'm speaking, the ability to talk is all enabled by the food that I eat, making the structures mm. of my body. All right. And you guys being able to hear me and the little tiny bones in your ears making the vibration, all that is dependent on, on the food that you eat. We're made of that. So when we see ourselves in a mirror, that's the food that we've eaten or the lack thereof. You know, mm. it is that profound. Now, to take it a step further, not just like the, that's a very tangible, visceral thing, but also your food also affects your ability to make memories. It affects your cognitive performance, your ability to focus in this ever increasing distracted world. And we've got the data on that now. Your food affects the way that you connect with other people. And this was really, for me, the most powerful part of the book. The most powerful chapter section was focused on how food affects our ability to have compassion and perspective take and to, and to have patience. And also, we've got some really profound data now on how food affects your ability, your, your proclivity towards violence. Wow. It's one of the most wow. fascinating parts of the book. Right now, we're seeing this. There's so much conflict, so much infighting. And we don't really get it. Like we have unhealthy people that are trying to communicate with other unhealthy people. Mm. And it's not that you can't have compassion or empathy when, when you're in a poor state of health. It's just harder. It's just harder. And the data clearly shows that. So food isn't just this one pithy little thing that affects our weight. It affects everything about us. And so once we can get that like broader experience. So when people hear, okay, we've got the very best information regarding fat loss in the world in book form in this book. But once you, that's just one leg of that belief about food. And it's not, it's not stable. That's what we've, we've had some of that, but we bring in this other component about how food affects your ability to uh, have, have empathy and patience with your children. Boom. It adds another leg of stability. We found out how food affects your ability to uh, literally to make new memories and to, to recall verbal information like you're hearing today. Boom, it adds another layer. And then you find out, oh, there's specific foods that can do help all three of those things if I eat this one food or this one nutrient. Wow. That's where it becomes remarkable. This you is know? So, Sean, my, um, my, both my parents taught, right, 30, 40 years. Both my parents were educators. And my mother is super, like we talk about it a lot, but she is super overwhelmed at ADHD, you know, autism, all of these diseases. She's like, I taught for all these years, Shauna. She's like, I have never seen it in my year. She's like, yes, I had kids that were active, but there was a time that I could discipline them. I can get them to sit down. I could get them to focus and do their work. And there's a shift now where it's just like, like I'm just saying like every other teacher that you talk to is like, they cannot control their classroom. And what I'm hearing you say is like a, probably a large percentage percentage of it is what we're eating, bottom line. Absolutely. And unfortunately for our children, and they, they are the ones being victimized like the most right now by this system, you mm. know, and just understanding, like, again, when I went to school, I was on a free lunch program. You know what I mean? I had the little mm. red ticket and I go, you know, get the, my juice box, get the, uh, <laughs> the piece of the, 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 the chicky nuggies that God knows where they come from, you know, so. <laughs> but today, after generations of eating this way, mm. now that affects, it literally affects our offspring. And so we're wow. seeing these epidemics of these behavioral issues. And what we're doing now, unfortunately, is drugging our children. We're trying to drug them into change and not understanding basic aspects of human physiology. So I mentioned, of course, how food affects our cognitive performance. Now, 
when I say this, there's one nutrient, well, there's so many, but I'm just going to bring up one that is especially, it's clinically proven to help to reduce symptoms of ADHD, but you don't hear about this. And it's DHA and EPA. And so these are essential fatty acids. These are mega threes. A lot of folks have heard about. The reason they're so profound is that not everything can make it into your brain. Your brain is the most protective organ mm. of the body. Mm-hmm. And it's also the most powerful entity in the known universe. And you have mm. one of them, right? It's engulfed in an external cranium, full protection of bone, only organ that has that. But internally, you have something called the blood-brain barrier, this internal security system. And it only allows specific nutrients to be able to cross over and to feed your brain. DHA and EPA, these omega-3s, are two of the very few nutrients that can literally cross that blood-brain barrier and feed your brain cells. And so now we have data and, you know, some of the peer-reviewed studies that I put into Eat Smarter showing how DHA specifically, literally on cognitive tests, cognitive skills tests, folks who simply get in three grams of DHA, EPA every day outperform people on cognitive skills tests so much it's ridiculous like these tests these tests have to keep being done over and over again you know so these are the these are the really basic things and by the way Carl so bringing up that that point I think this goes back to you know when we're talking about even food and metabolism it's just there's so many different uh things have been misconstrued and when we talk Mm -hmm. about food and like going back to CJ's question you know especially when like what do I do Mm-hmm. We can't even get to that point until we understand what's wrong, you know, like mm-hmm. what, what is the problem? And part of this problem, and this was so fascinating for me, guys, when you think about nutrition and that food label, we generally think about calories, right? People are yeah. trying to manage the calories. We got the point system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got the calories. You yeah. know, if you just get in a calorie deficit, you're going to lose weight. That's not what the data shows. That's not what the mm-hmm. data shows at all. And I went back and I was like, where did the inception of the calorie come from? Because mm. if you look at the at the hieroglyphics on the pyramids, they don't say a damn thing about <laughs> calories. You know, the Romans they didn't have the togas on it. Like you know, you need to track your calories. Mm. That it wasn't a thing. And even when it was discovered, they weren't looking for something to measure energy and food. It was used in physics and engineering. Absolutely. But when it made its transition into popular culture with nutrition, it was thanks in large part to a woman named Dr. Lulu Hunt Peters. This was the early part of the 1900s. And this was a major shift. She sold 2 million copies of her book around this time. That means everybody and their mother had this book. And it created a shift in the perception of food. Food is no longer something that is this dynamic thing that impacts your neurotransmitters and your hormones and your endocrine system and your cognitive performance. Now, food is suddenly numbers. And she said in her book, you will no longer say, I'm going to eat a slice of bread. You'll say, I eat 100 calories of bread. You'll no longer eat a slice of pie. You'll eat 350 calories of pie. So we started seeing food in terms of numbers and not the thing that it really is, this dynamic thing. Now, here's the other thing that happened. She also indoctrinated the culture, starting to tie morality to food and saying, basically, you know, tying things like sin and punishment around food and that it was a character defect if you weren't able to maintain your weight. And placing the blame continuously on your psychology and not the system of food that's negating how complex food is. And lastly, another major problem in our culture, she also connected food and weight loss success with you being hungry all the time. So she encouraged people. This was during the time of World War I. So it's like food rationing. Mm. And so she, she said in her book, 
You should have a double joy when you have a hunger pang, knowing that you're saving the hunger pangs in someone else. And so that's the thing. People were coming to my clinic for years and they had this psychological association with, I'm not doing it right if I'm not hungry. Like hunger is an indicator that this is working. When in reality, Mm. hunger is an indicator that something is wrong, right? So Mm. we got to look at these base ideas. Where did they come from and see how they integrated themselves into society so that we could finally fix them? Hey, what's up, guys? CJ here from the S2S Podcast. Look, really quick while I got your attention, man. The team and I were blessed with an amazing opportunity, all right? We got a chance to see the new Netflix movie, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, before it came out. And let me tell you something, man. What an incredible movie. All right, this is Chadwick Boseman's last role. Our iconic hero, superstar, Black Panther, all of that. His last movie, all right? And what an incredible job he did. Directed by Denzel Washington, man. It focuses on Ma Rainey and the 1920s and Mall's hometown of Chicago, Illinois, all right? So make sure y'all go to Netflix and stream it. Check it out. An amazing film. And check out this trailer too, y'all. All right, much love. You know what to do. This would be an empty world without the blues. I try to take that emptiness and fill it up with something. But they want to call me Mother Blues. That's all right with me. It don't hurt none. Where's the, uh, the horn player? I got a friend. Come on, Levy. You rehearse like everybody else. I'm gonna get me a band and make me some records. I know how to play real music, not this jug band shit. You call that playing music? Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Go on and find me, I don't care. When I got there, they began to say. That's to get the people's attention. That's when you and Slow Drag come in with the rhythm part. Me and Cutler play on the break. Levy, the sooner you understand it ain't what you say, it's what my say to count. <laughs> we'll be ready to go in 15 minutes. We'll be ready to go when Madam says we're ready to go, and that's the way it go around here. These records are gonna be hits. Please come home to me. Every colored man in the world got to do his part. I'm gonna tell the white man just what he can do. They don't care nothing about me. All they want is my voice. About them songs I give you. They're not the right songs. That'll take them off your hands for you. I got my time coming to me. You don't know nothing about what kind of blood I got, what kind of heart I got beat here. Hey, see, I got to jump in and talk about that, man, from a musician's perspective. Y'all know your boy dabble with music a little bit. Listen, my brother plays horns. So I've been listening to horns my whole life, man. I'm telling y'all the music in this film is bananas, bananas. Like if you into music at all, make sure you check it out. But again, man, Chadwick, a phenomenal performance. Listen, 
it is out by the time you hear this if you're listening to it now it'll be out tomorrow all right and if you're listening to this any day later than when this podcast comes out on thursdays it's already out on netflix all right so make sure y'all go check it out again the producers are denzel washington himself mr todd black and danny wolf make sure y'all check it out all right back to the podcast fellas Wow. So E ain't had to worry about being hungry. E has recently been doing two entrees. <laughs> so E, can you talk to, can you speak to Sean about the two entrees? Oh yeah, Sean. Oh yeah, Sean. Uh, when I when, when when I was homeless, I was feeling that pain all the time. All the time. Uh, and in college, Sean, I was feeling that pain all the time. When I first got married, I was feeling that all the time. So uh, probably about two years ago, when I made my bread, I was like I'm gonna order and I'm gonna get another one so when I go to the crib I can have food for the next day. I'm so never gonna feel that pain again. That's not what you meant about that's not what you meant about not having hunger pains, is it Sean? I just wanna, <laughs> uh, I wanna be clear. Uh, hey uh, unfortunately Sean with the COVID boy it switched up my whole diet. I'm one of them cats that's scared to go um that's scared to go out to eat as yeah. much as I used to back so, in the day. And and even with that Sean I mean you know, people, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about the mental and emotional challenges of COVID, but the diet boy, you know, for real, if you ain't got money, man, if you, if you in poverty, like I'm sure the diets of a lot of people have changed, you oh, know, yeah, drastically yeah. because, you know, again, a lot of people don't have access now to, um, you know, farmers markets, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. people live in certain communities where, mm-hmm. yep. and I'm from Detroit, bro. Uh, Yeah, people think I'm playing when I say this. There are no major grocery stores in the Detroit area. Mm. So you can't find a supermarket. You got to go outside like Southfield. You know, you got to go outside the city, you know. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't have access, man. What do you tell, you know, people who are living in a situation where, for real, they don't have access to, um, you know, to to food like Mm. that? Man, that's such a powerful statement right there. And I actually talk about this in the book too, because when I made this transformation with my health, I lived in Ferguson, Missouri, one, one bedroom apartment, my kids over, they sleeping on the floor on the air mattress. You know, like we didn't, again, I didn't know that these things existed. What? I didn't know what a Whole Foods was. I didn't, Hmm. I didn't know that that was a thing. When I walk out my door at my apartment complex, there's Lee's chicken, there's McDonald's, there's Burger King, there's Chinese food restaurant, multiple liquor store. Yeah. The liquor store is the first thing I see the when liquor I step stores out my, foot, right there. my foot out the door. Yeah. Then, you know, there's Domino's, Papa John's, there's Wendy's, Jack in the Box. And this is just all within walking distance. And I'm, I'm only saying half of them. Mm. I'm inundated. My, my psychology is inundated with this, this food. And now we know the impact that this is having on our community. And so I want to share this with you guys really quickly. So they actually... Why is it that we can go to McDonald's or go to Jack in the Box? I get those two for 99 cent tacos, all right? Hmm. I get that Jack in the Crack, two for 99 cent tacos. How the hell can we have two tacos for 99 cent, but an apple costs $2? Hmm. Like, how? How is that possible? And it's really based Hmm. on government intervention and government subsidies. So in the United States, from 1995 to 2010, the U.S. government handed out $170 billion in agricultural subsidies Mostly these crops that they paid for were the stuff that's throw, that shows up through the drive through window. So largely investing in, in corn oh. products and wheat products, mm-hmm. right? So corn being used in, in sugar production. 
And there was a study that was done to find out, okay, so that's okay. So they invested in, in these subsidies. What impact has it had on our health? And this was published in the Journal of the American Medical Association. They tracked the consumption of these subsidized food commodities. And they found that after adjusting for sex, social economic factors, and other variables, they found that the people with the highest consumption of these subsidized foods that the government is paying for had a 40% greater increased risk of being obese. So wow. it directly translates. When you're talking about, you know, show me the money, it literally is, our system is built in a way that it's hyper-focused on feeding the public things that make us sick. Wow. You know, so what can we do? Number one, we get educated about this and make one shift. The first shift has to do going back to our conversation about calories. Your body, every single person, we have a very unique metabolic fingerprint. And even, you know, like Carl versus, Carl can eat whatever. He's going to be a slim guy. You know, if Carl and C eat the same diet, eat the exact same thing, they're going to have different outcomes with their bodies. Why don't we talk about that? Like, it, it doesn't make sense. We see it rationally with our eyes, but then we try to do somebody's diet and wonder why we don't get the same results. Right and, right. and part of that, part of what's determining what calories do in your body is based on whether it's real food or fake food. And this is one great study I got to share with you guys. So this was published in Food and nutrition research. Incredible study. They tracked what happens in the body when you eat a whole food meal or processed food meal. What, what does the calories do in your body when you do this? And so they had some folks to eat what they consider to be a whole food sandwich, which was multi-grain bread and cheddar cheese. All right. Then they had another group who ate a processed Sounds food sandwich, which was, <laughs> which was white bread and cheese product. All right. Which that's craft cheese, by the way. They can't legally mm. call it cheese because there's not enough cheese in the cheese, you know. So that's, <laughs> no, that's the kind why they call craft singles. Craft they singles. singles. That's right. Mm. It's not. It's not cheese. It's cheese product. Wow. So they have folks to either eat a whole food sandwich or a processed food sandwich, and then they tracked what the cal- caloric impact was. After they compiled the data, the sandwiches were the same amount of calories, same amount of fat, same amount of protein, same amount of carbohydrates. So on paper, it should have the same impact on the body. But after compiling the data, the folks who ate the processed food sandwich had a 50% reduction in calorie burn after eating that sandwich. Wow. It changed the way their, their, their hormones and metabolism was working to make their body hang on to more of that caloric energy intake. All right. So if we can start to make a shift simply from going from processed food to eating more real foods, that one step, that's the first, that's the first thing that I did. To change my health, you know, I stopped eating. Well, let me not say stop. I didn't immediately stop, but I made a shift in the quality of the ingredients that I was taking in. And for me to do that, unfortunately, like E said, I had to get out of my environment. Hmm. You know, and I had a friend. It's always exposure. It's always exposure. I had a friend. You know, a late lady friend I was talking to for a couple of years. She was a chiropractor. I didn't know what the hell that meant. I didn't know. And she took me to Wild Oats, you know? And this was after I made a shift in my psychology where I was like, I stopped saying, why me? Why won't somebody help me? And this activates something in our psychology called, it's, it's an instinctual reflex, right? It's an instinctual reflex. Your brain is run on the questions you ask. And I was habitually asking, why me? Why won't somebody help me? Why does this have to happen to me? And so my brain is scanning the environment to affirm and find reasons why my life sucks. But ultimately... Mm. After making the decision 
you know, after I saw my the fourth physician who told me bed rest, this is incurable, gave me a new prescription, I realized that I had been giving my health away. I've been giving, even though they mean well, they don't walk in my shoes. And they're at home, they're not thinking about me as I'm laying here by myself in pain. And I asked a different question. After two years, it took me to ask this question. I asked, what can I do to feel better? What can I do? What can I do to improve my health? And that question started to bring about new exposures. And she had been there all the time. You know, I was just trying to, you know, trying to hang out, you know. But now, <laughs> no now, now she was, you know, I got exposed to her environment and she took me to this place. And I didn't know it existed. I didn't know that this high quality food was a thing, you know. And so exposure is huge. And my, my mission, along with you guys as well, is to help our community, help our children, help our families to get exposure to these ideas, to get exposure to these uh, different foods. And we can do that, man. In America, yeah. $4 trillion every year is spent on the healthcare system that is failing. Everything keeps getting worse. $4 trillion. And there's a recent report, and you guys can Google this. Just Google $1 trillion wasted in healthcare. A trillion dollars. We could create wellness programs, fitness programs, get subsidies for healthy food. We have more than enough to do it. It's just the money has been hyper-focused hyper and siphoned into things that keep us sick. Yeah, no, that's, uh, to your point, man, I'm sitting here thinking, like, I went to uh, Whole Foods last night, and I, I don't know, y'all seen them Whopper commercials, they two for five? Mm-hmm. Bruh, I paid $5.99 for one, like, like a bundle of asparagus. <laughs> no, I'm just being yeah, real. It ain't even yeah. a meal. I'm just saying. So to to your point, E, I'm thinking of like, yo, you a single mom, you got yeah. three kids, you live in the hood, you right there. Five ninety nine for some asparagus that you know is not gonna fill you up, or you're not gonna feel any kind of way, or you can go get the two for five. Uh, it's just really sad that you know we we live in you know this this type of environment, and you know obviously when you get to a certain level, it's easy for us to talk as affluent you know guys and things of that nature. But you know the, the real work needs to be done in our communities, and I know Sean, that's important to you, and that's one of the reasons you're even. Uh, going down this lane is to be able to help and champion communities that need this information so badly. Um, really quick, man, just continue to talk to us. I know there is a, um, how is it, uh, maybe like a difference between what people think in terms of the calories, but what about the other things that we think about, like uh, carbohydrates and you know what I'm saying? Like there's so many different things, again, and I'm just trying to get it all in my mind because you know, you see, like you said, the Weight Watchers, you count the points, you do this. You know, some people say, all right, you got to go ketogenic. All right, some people say, all right, you got to do intermittent fasting. So can you just really quick walk us through? I know you said it wasn't necessarily about the method, but there's so many methods out there. Can you walk us through some of those and kind of like what we should be keeping an eye on? Absolutely, man. It's a great question. So, you know, everybody's heard these terms before. I've taught this in my university classes proteins, carbohydrates, fats. These are the macronutrients. But that's only three. There's actually five. There's really six. You know, there's a sixth man. And so the the fourth one is water. And the fifth one is alcohol. The dietary fiber is actually coming off the bench. You know, so we'll talk about these a little bit. But here's the thing about when we talk about that caloric impact, like how does this affect us differently, each person, is that there's something called the thermic effect of food as well. So the ratio of those macronutrients affects how carbohydrates are absorbed or burned in your body. 
So to give you an example, protein is the most expensive for your body to utilize. Essentially, when you eat food, it costs calories to, 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 to absorb calories, to produce the juices, you know, in your mouth, the, you know, your enzyme production, to chew the food, to swallow the food, to move it through your, you know, to turn it in your stomach, to move it through your gastrointestinal tract for the food to be absorbed through your intestinal lumen and sent to your bloodstream and to your, to your brain and to your teeth and to your toes. All of that costs calories. It costs energy to do all those things. And protein is taking this protein structure and breaking it down into amino acids. So just say you consume 100 calories of protein. It's going to cost your body about 30 of those calories just to digest that protein. All right. So you're getting a net gain of 70, even though you ate 30. Protein is the most dynamic, has the most thermogenic activity of any other macronutrient, right? So it's, it's going to require about 25 to 30% of the energy you consume from the protein to digest it. For carbohydrates, it's about 10 to 15% of the energy you consume from carbs is used to digest the carbs. And then from there, for dietary fats, about 0 to 5% to digest those fats, all right? So with that said, today, you guys notice it's a big debate with the carbs and the fats, those are the ones that keep being talked about, but protein is like Rodney Dangerfield in this equation. You know, it's like, you know, no I get no respect, right? <laughs> yeah. And protein, like we have this perception in our culture that folks are just out here, you know, going balls to the wall with protein all the time. But the data shows otherwise. There are portions of the culture that are doing that, but mm -hmm. then there's a large percentage of the population that are not getting even remotely close to the amount of protein that they need to get these benefits. And by the way, when I'm talking about how your hormones are controlling stuff behind the scenes, your hormones are made from protein. Your testosterone, your, your cortisol, your thyroid hormone, these are built from protein building blocks. And so you need these things just for your everything to work right. And so with that said, if we make a shift in our macronutrient ratio, it can have some great benefits. And as a matter of fact, there's a really good study, and this was conducted by researchers at St. Louis University, you know, my hometown. Hometown. And they wanted to find out what would happen if we simply shift our macronutrient intake for our first meal of the day. And this gets back to E's question, like, what can we do? What can we do? Simple, little practical things. And so this was published in the International Journal of Obesity. And everybody should know what I'm about to share, but people don't know this until today. So they wanted to discover... What would happen if you eat a high-carbohydrate breakfast versus a high-protein breakfast, all right? And so they had some of the test subjects to consume something that's pretty normal in our culture. You know, eat a bagel, right? Eat something that's high in carbohydrates. You know, I grew up eating cereal for breakfast, right? Carbohydrate-based breakfast. And then they, and then they had some, uh, some of the test subjects to consume a high-protein slash fat breakfast, which was eggs in this particular study, and track what happened with their bodies. And they did put them in a caloric deficit. They reduced their caloric intake by 1,000 calories. Now, here's what happened. This was an eight-week study. The study participants who ate the lower-carbohydrate breakfast lost 61% more weight. All right? They lost, I'm sorry, 65% more weight. They eaten the same amount of calories. They just changed what they were eating for breakfast. Same amount of calories to having more protein in the morning instead of carbohydrates. They had a 61% greater reduction in their body mass index, 34% greater reduction in their waist circumference, and 16% greater reduction in body fat. 
it wasn't just about the calories. They Everybody reduced their calories. They're eating the same amount of calories. But sh- simply shifting that macronutrient ratio for that first meal had all of these other benefits. Hey, Sean, so, let me ask let- you something. How, like, some people can't actually, for the people that can't get the food, right? For the people that just like, hey, either I can't afford it or this is just a lot, man. It's just a lot for me to, how do supplements play a part in it? So like, you know how we, you know, you might drink green juice or whatever. Can you still get those same amount of nutrients from taking it supplements as you can from eating? Or is that even like the next level where it's like, okay, well, I can't, I'm, I'm a rookie to this. I can't put together the whole food index chart thing. So right now I just want to start off with some supplements. How does that work? The supplements cost too, man, you know, and I just want everybody to have the principle. Number one, food first is just yeah. what your body evolved having. You know, a lot of these supplements and supplement companies, this is new. These are new interventions. Not to say that they're not valuable. They can absolutely provide some value. But I also want folks to know, and I talk about this in the book as well, the injuries related to supplement intake have gone from 7% of supplement and drug intake to 20% in like the last decade because people are supplementing. they just still taking that pill for every ill approach. You know what I mean? But the right supplements for the right person you know, at the right time could be wonderful. You know, there's supplements that I take for sure, but we just don't want to get to this like- Which one, Sean? Yeah, right, tell us. Right. Tell us, Sean. Give us a secret sauce, yeah, Sean. we want to know what you're taking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I'll tell you one thing, and just to a- answer this question, you know, first first and foremost, we have to believe, we have to have a shift in our, in our belief, in our perspective. You know, I made myself a priority, you know, and start to invest in food. And I know we all can't take that risk necessarily, but it's just a shift. Not like going 120 like I did. I changed everything, you know, because I found out and I found out when I invest in myself, I start to make more money, which enabled me to buy more stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. I felt better. And so just small things like in this example, you don't have to go get the organic, you know, free range the you know the chickens are like massaged every day like people come in and do like the little foot massage for the chickens you don't have to pay six dollars for the eggs you know you can get the conventional for now you know what i mean like but just making a shift away from like having uh honey nut toasted whatever for for breakfast you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just making that little shift in and of itself we can start there it it might even save you money you know than buying the the damn bee you know the honey bee yeah you know, yeah. <laughs> and for me, I know when I was trying to get healthy, I went from like my uh, Honey Nut Cheerios and I started doing the, the oatmeal squares, right? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. grown now. I'm doing the oatmeal yeah. squares, the Quaker yeah, yeah. Oats, man. <laughs> yeah. Same glycemic load with the cereal, you know, same thing. But it's just a psychological thing because it says more, more dietary fiber, heart healthy. Hmm. These are all just marketing terms that are thrown. There's no regulation on that stuff, you know, wow. so- that's what we can do first and foremost. Uh, if we're talking just, about you just cost. shot down uh, my whole, you bruh. know what I'm saying? Because I'm yeah. thinking I'm not letting my kids do like uh, uh, tricks and Captain Crunch. Uh-huh. We on the Honey Nut Cheerios. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking we doing some. I did see the heart healthy thing on there. I'm like, oh, we good. You know what I'm saying? I got I got bamboozled. Yeah, man. They actually came after them for that. Like they had to pull that down. The heart healthy wow. sticker, wow. you know, because wow. it, again, it wasn't based on any science. And as a matter of fact, hmm. we know that that high carbohydrate intake by proxy, damages your cardiovascular system. More wow. so than what we've been bred to believe is that fats were damaging us. But that's wow. just not, that's not the case. Absolutely, there's different levels of the fats, there's different levels of the carbohydrates. And this is not yeah. to say 
Like we can't go from the honeybee to like doing some, you know, some organic whatever, like improving the ingredients. But at the same time, we got to make a shift in the way that we see our breakfast. You know, like we see in our culture dessert for breakfast, basically. Mm, You know what I mean? Right. If you went to your doctor and you've been, and he asked you, so what do you have for breakfast? And you're like, cake? (laughs) He's going to be like, what do you mean? It sounds wrong. But what is a muffin? A donut. donut. You know what I'm saying? What is a donut? What is a uh, cake? <laughs> my favorite. What's pancakes? It's just flat cakes. Ooh, so it's shy, like you change shy, the dimension. Shy. I gotta ask this Ooh. one for breakfast because everybody Ooh. on here are big egg fanatics, including myself. What do eggs oh, do? Man. What do eggs do? And I don't know if I want to know this answer. E. <laughs> no, we should be good with the eggs. The eggs is yeah. The eggs is should be. I don't know. Hey, that's don't whole diet. I'm not that's saying. I don't know what his answer gonna be. But if I'm it's bad, don't be shocked. Don't say. I'm scared to ask it because CJ come to my house, bro. CJ eat about six eggs a day. And so, like, what 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 do eggs do, Sean? Yeah. So, do you mean as far as like, are there any potential down downsides to it, or? I mean, does it help? Does it hurt? I mean, is it okay to eat? <laughs> What's the so limit? Here's here's what the data shows about eggs. So, number uh-huh. one, that study I just shared by people having eggs for breakfast versus a bagel, even though it's the same amount of calories, folks who ate the eggs lost sixty five percent more weight with the same mm. amount of caloric intake. Mm. greater reduction in their waist circumference and 16% greater reduction in their body fat percentage. There we go. All right? But the the issue is, you know, Uh, the concern uh over Uh cholesterol, Uh (laughs) right? Mm. Cholesterol. That was a big thing where eggs keep going like in and out as being like this great food to being a problematic food. And by the way, for anybody that's listening that's vegan and vegetarian, we've got tips and, and, and strategies for that coming up too. But just to answer that question on eggs, so- I want to address the cholesterol issue. Cholesterol is one of the most important nutrients for your survival. And especially like if we're talking, cholesterol is needed to build your sex hormones. And if you're trying to keep Oh, it, wait a minute now. How, hey. Now we're getting to the part of the podcast. <laughs> Let's go. I like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if Come you on, trying, talk to it. If you're trying to keep that fire alive, you mm. need cholesterol. It's important. But what was really promoted, and and this was not really based on sound evidence, was that cholesterol was a causative factor in heart disease. And so I talked about this in the book and I actually did a little special section on it because also cholesterol is needed to, uh, for you to actually absorb and to utilize vitamin D, which is one of the most important vitamins or nutrients. It's It's a steroid hormone. It's not actually a vitamin technically, it's a steroid hormone. That's one of the most protective factors that we, we've seen in the data in regards to COVID-19. Folks with, who's deficient in vitamin D have like magnitudes, four times worse symptoms, severe, severe reactions to viral wow. infections. So here's what the data shows with the cholesterol. So what they did was they actually looked at what was going on. This was for, done by researchers at UCLA. And they looked at the data of over 130,000 patients, and they found that for all the folks that were hospitalized for a heart attack, 75% of these people did not have high cholesterol. We think cholesterol is the causative factor in our culture behind heart disease and heart attacks. That's what we've been led to believe. 75% of these people didn't even have high cholesterol. It's just, it it doesn't go together. And so I wanted to share that little nugget with you guys. But yeah, no, no, Sean, don't, like, don't speed past it because, again, uh, right now I'm telling you, like, it's cholesterol that leads to arteries, arteries blockage, yep. like that kind of stuff that causes yep. a heart attack. That's the information that we know. 
Yeah. And you're saying it's not true. It's not true at all. As a matter of fact, when we talk about when you go and get a, a blood panel done, you got your LDL, you got your HDL, right? These are the, like the, we got the, the HDL is the good cholesterol, LDL is the bad cholesterol. And this is dangerous language because LDL is essential for your survival. All right. This is transporting. And by the way, those names, LDL, HDL, HDL means high density lipoprotein. LDL is low density lipoprotein. I didn't say cholesterol. Neither of these is cholesterol. These are carriers of cholesterol. All right. It's such an essential nutrient that LDL is shipping it to different cells and different places and tissues and organs in your body so that it can actually heal and to reduce inflammation and to to build components of, like I mentioned, like building your hormones, LDL is doing that important job. Now, the the density of that molecule, so we want lighter, kind of fluffier LDL, we can measure the particle size versus the more dense LDL particles. And those, it's the issue with, with cholesterol is this, it's not that the cholesterol is bad, inflammation makes it dangerous, all right? Inflammation is what makes it dangerous. And that term, it sounds a little bit like a ghost, like, uh, inflammation. Uh. This is one of the biggest health crises in our world today is we're chronically inflamed. All right. And it's a reaction from our immune system internally. Even COVID-19, what it is, it has a tropism for the lungs. It's a hyperinflammatory disease of the lungs. It's inflammation. And here's the crazy part. SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19 didn't create the inflammation. Your body creates the inflammation in response to the pathogen, all right? It's, it's a protective mechanism. Your body's trying to protect you. But what if you already are a chronically inflamed individual and then it hits you? What do you think is going to happen? What if you already have diabetes, chronic inflammatory disease, heart disease, chronic inflammatory disease, obesity, chronic inflammatory disease? Your fat cells are inflamed. What's going to happen now you get this hyperinflammatory disease this is uh, infectious disease. What do you think is going to happen? It just makes our chances of this or anything else, our survival goes down, right? So with that said, just to put a button on the LDL, HDL, HDL and LDL, there's no, none of them is bad inherently. We got to change this language. It's dangerous and it's proven to be untrue. But I think most importantly to understand that cholesterol is so important, even if you don't bring it in your diet, your, your liver will make it. It will do what it can because it's so necessary. H LDL ships it throughout your body. HDL brings it back to your liver to either be recycled or to be eliminated. It's so important. Your liver will try to recycle that. They'll try to recycle it. All right. It's so important. So bringing it in through your diet, I think it's a big problem psychologically. We think that if we eat the cholesterol, it shows up as cholesterol. And the cholesterol in food is different from the cholesterol that's utilized in your body. You're not even getting a lot of that cholesterol from the eggs, all right? And this is just like the same thing of thinking eating fat makes you fat. It doesn't work that way. That's like thinking blueberries make you blue. And there's a big <laughs> problem with the lexicon, right? The way that we've been, we call fat in food, we think, because I know for myself, and I know you guys probably experienced this as well, we was doing the low fat, right? Mm -hmm. We was doing the low fat jump off because I'm not going to eat that fat because I'm not trying to get fat. And that's the exactly. big problem is that we think the fat in food is the same as the fat on our bodies, but they are radically different. They, they, they does not equate at all because you can get fat from 
strictly just eating carbohydrates. You can get fat strictly just eating proteins. It's not that fat inherently makes us fat. And we have to change the language on that too. So, yeah, so no. I, I want to ask real quick, mm-hmm. E-Mall, see anybody can, Sean, I mean, directed at you, but anybody can answer. So the majority of people that I know that changed their diet, Sean, has your story. Something happened. Like my brother turned vegetarian after he ate. <laughs> I told you all the story. My brother moved up here from Barbados, Sean, and he like, yo, I, like I love how the football players look. They're big. I'm going to get big. I'm going to eat McDonald's every day. Ooh. And that boy hit McDonald's for probably about two weeks. And he spent like one or two nights just over the throne, uh-huh. just throwing up. And yep. he like, yo, I'm never eating meat again. Mm-hmm. He'd been vegetarian 10 years. His daughter is born. She has bad eczema. She's allergic to this, can eat that. Bruh, they don't eat sugar. They don't eat processed foods. Like, you see what I'm saying? That's the yeah. average person. Some crazy happened. Mm-hmm. Boom. How do we legitimately now change our mindset? Because you're right. We've, we have misinformation. Mm-hmm. So we don't even know the truth. So now how do I, first of all, I got to get the truth. But then, like, how do I really go about changing my mindset now to realize, like, I have to do something right. different without right. the, you know what I'm saying, the negative, you know, experience? Yeah, man, it's such a good question. And I think this goes back to when we were just talking about eggs, for example. You know, it's eliminating the myths behind it. So mm. there's this peer-reviewed study, and this was con- conducted by researchers at the University of Connecticut. And they found that because we think, again, that eggs are problematic with our cholesterol ratios, increasing our risk of heart disease. They found that eating eggs was found to decrease heart disease risk. Wow. One more time for the end. <laughs> hey, Ma, we safe, bro. Hey, Isha live safe. forever. Now, this is, not, this is not a campaign for everybody to eat eggs, but <laughs> it's a campaign for us to become aware that we've been inundated with data with information that is so lopsided. And if you just look at the results of our society, look at the results, what has it done? I promise you, we all know so many people that have, they've done the calorie restriction, they've done the point system, they've done this diet, they've done that diet. About 90% of these folks end up regaining the weight and not just that, gaining more weight on top of that because we're damaging what's happening with our metabolism going on and off all of these crazy diets. You know, so I guess fundamentally, you know, like you said, it takes a shift in mindset. Yeah. And, and for me, like it goes back to Jamal as well. Like the exposure factor is so important. Mm-hmm. And we have, this is why I love you guys. Like it's getting these messages in front of people that really need it the most in a way that they can connect. It's like that connective yeah. tissue, you know, and so also making, three it, ways. making it oh, practical. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, give, give us three ways we can increase our metabolism, bro. Come All right, because we, we you go. know, here we go. listen, oh, we on the AARP podcast. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Carl metabolism done slowed oh, to a crawl over here. <laughs> he barely could get the room set up uh. today. He ain't got no energy. <laughs> How can we increase our metabolism? Just not give us a, a few ways, bro. Right. Please. So number one, we're gonna bring in one of the other macronutrients that doesn't get a lot of attention, and that's water. You know, everything that we talked about today, every hormone, every neurotransmitter is operating in a water medium, right? And so there's something called water-induced thermogenesis. And this really, really, really cool study. They had folks to consume 17 ounces of water just within a couple of minutes and track what happens with their metabolic rate. And they found that by drinking that 17 ounces of water, these folks had a radical increase in their rate of calorie burn. They burned about 25 calories just from drinking that water. And it's just like, what the, how? It's because water makes everything work better. Mm. It makes everything work better. But this isn't a 
this isn't to say start guzzling, you know, ridiculous amounts of water. <laughs> There's diminishing returns on that too, because mm, you can damage right, your cells right. by drinking too much. But how most folks, that's not the issue. They're not drinking enough. They're not even close. Right, right. Yeah. All right. So now you can start to understand why drinking water can literally increase your rate of calorie burn. It's calorie free, but it makes your body burn more calories. That's remarkable. And, hmm. you know, so for a lot of folks, they, they, they trying to get healthy and they know to drink water, but that practicality, they don't know why it works. And that's, that's one of the reasons why. So I encourage everybody to start first thing tomorrow to take an inner bath when you wake up in the morning, right? A lot of us take an outer bath, you know, we take a shower, but isn't the inside more important? So I call it taking your inner bath. So wake up in the morning. Every day I've been doing this for about 15 years. I drink about 20 to 30 ounces of water. And we don't got to get into the types of water, all that. Just drink water. <laughs> all right. Start your day. It, number one, you get this thermic, this, this water-induced thermogenesis. But also, when you're sleeping at night, this is the longest time you go without nutrition or hydration. Mm. There's so much metabolic waste that gets produced by your brain, your immune system, all of these. And we got to flush it out. We literally got to get these wastes out of our body. And so when you wake up in the morning, if you don't flush that stuff out, it's just kind of gumming up your system. It's creating these hormonal clogs. All right, so get up in the morning, drink 20 to 30 ounces of water. And for most folks, there's this thing about eight ounces, eight, eight glasses of eight ounces a day. That's like the mm -hmm. template. But CJ is going to need more, more water than Carl, just mm -hmm. generally, you know, just being a bigger person, right? So we have these numbers that don't operate on your unique individuality. Also, CJ is mm -hmm. working, if he's working out more, He's going to need a little bit more water. Mm. We got to pay attention so, to these things. So I give people the barometer. If you're, we'll just say somebody's 150 pounds, divide your body weight in half. And that number mm. you come up with, that's the amount of ounces I want you to drink. So that's mm. 75 ounces a day. But once you get to 200 Ooh. and over, 100 ounces is solid. Like that's more than enough water. And I don't mm. like to even give people specifics on how much water they should drink. Your yeah. body will tell you. But most yeah. of us are not really connected with what's happening in our body. So I give that little barometer. So that's number one. Is, is Real quick, Sean, let me jump in there before you go to number two. Um, is it any, is, uh, uh, is it any, uh, are there any uh, truths to the rumor that uh, you should drink cold water because cold uh, water will burns. help your body burn yeah. fat faster? He told me that if it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I always heard you shouldn't drink cold water. I thought you should drink room temperature water. Yeah, so this goes into like this other debate, but there's no there's no science behind it. There's no these are just assumptions, and there's different camps. You know, some folks say to drink even hot water. For me, mm -hmm. it's no, just drink whatever feels good to you. You know, my wife mm -hmm. in the morning, she the cold water or you know, even room temperature, she has to have her hot water. That's the way that she can drink it in the morning. She doesn't feel comfortable unless it's unless it's heated with a little mm -hmm. lemon in the morning. That's what she does. You know, I do the room temperature. I just get whatever's, you know, there. Uh, but drinking cold water, you would think like your body has to heat the water up a little bit more, but mm. it, it's it's really negligible in that. So just whatever okay. temperature the water okay. feels good. The most yeah, important thing you. is to drink it. All right, cool. Number two. All right, number two. This ties in. This is a big, big part of the overarching conversation today. And this goes back to even how calories affect us differently, each person. And this is what's happening inside of your gut itself, your microbiome, this cascade of bacteria and viruses and fungi and archaea and all of, like archaea is these ancient microbes that have been around like before 
any, before any species of animals were on the planet, we had archaea, and we have them in our gut, all right? So this cascade of microbes is the first line, first interaction with the food that you consume to determine whether or not your body's going to absorb these calories or push them off to the side, all right? And so there was a really fascinating study. This was published in the journal Cell. And they found that there's a specific bacteria they found in mice that blocks their intestines from absorbing as many calories. All right. Now, some folks might be like, I'm trying to get that bacteria. What, what bacteria <laughs> no is doubt. that? You know, let me hit that. But this, is, this, is, this doesn't mean it's a good thing if we're not absorbing the calories. So let me preface with that. And also, of course, we're not mice. But we coupled that with recent human studies. This was done by the Wiseman Institute. I know in my clinical practice... I can look at, if somebody goes, they get a stool sample and the data gets sent to me, I can look at their microbiome makeup and I can determine what they look like before I see them, whether or not they're obese, mm. based wow. on their microbiome. And so what they did was they took uh, fecal samples from folks who were overweight, who were o- obese, and they transplanted this, quote, fat bacteria into lean mice. And it caused the mice to gain weight, to wow. gain body fat and reduce their insulin sensitivity versus taking fecal samples from healthy, you know, kind of uh, healthy human subjects and putting it into mice, the mice stayed lean. All right. So our bacteria are determining whether or not first and foremost, we're gaining weight. Okay. This is the final frontier in this conversation. Nobody's telling you this when they're telling you, you need to vegan harder. You need to to keto harder. Your Mm. bacteria are determining what's happening in your body before any of this stuff. We got to focus on this. So Lastly, one more point of emphasis. They took identical twins. They're identical twins. Hmm. And they looked at their microbiome makeup. And they found when, when one twin had a microbiome that was associated with obesity, and they put them on the same diet, same amount of calories, one identical twin who had the makeup, the microbiome makeup, that showed that, they, you know, that, that was prevalent in folks who were obese, they gained weight and the other one didn't. These were identical wow. twins eating the same diet. One gained weight, wow. one did it because of their microbiome makeup. All right? So how do we fix this? Number one, where we come from, if you look at indigenous cultures, hunter-gatherer tribes in Africa versus the Western microbiome makeup, they have four times or more diversity in their gut microbiome makeup. The diversity, the population, there's an incredible spectrum that we don't have anymore. We have a lot of endangered species. A lot of stuff has gone extinct for us. This is why we see such high rates of disease and weight gain in our culture is a lack of diversity of our microbes. So how do we get this up? Everybody, I know you guys have heard about probiotics by mm-hmm. now. You could take all the probiotics you want. It's not going to do a damn thing. It's not going to do anything because the probiotics, the friendly flora that's associated with weight loss they will not proliferate and stay in control in your gut if they don't have the right conditions. If they, it's just like if all of us go to an event, we go to a party, and there's like no, no snacks for us. There's no food. We're going to go. We got to go hit that Taco Bell. We got to run for the border. Something. Like, <laughs> if we don't have the food we want, we're not going to stick around. Yeah. So we have to give the bacteria what they need to stay around. Those are prebiotics. All right? Prebiotics. So there's prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotics. All right. So what does that look like? Prebiotics. And I've got a whole list in, in Eat Smarter, but these have certain types of fiber that the bacteria like. So there's going to be like inulin from things like, you know, apples and pears. Uh, asparagus is a great source of prebiotics. Onions and garlic. There's just there's so many. Basically, here's the bottom line for everybody today. 
We increase the diversity of our gut bacteria by increasing the diversity of our food that we're eating. All right. So eating a spectrum of different plants specifically, we tend, even if we eat healthy and Jamal knows this, like we can get into a, like that meal plan that mm-hmm. rut, like would we'll do chicken, rice, broccoli, chicken, rice, broccoli, you know, like, and we can see a modicum of, of improvement from that. Mm-hmm. But long-term, we start to see a reduction in the gut bacteria. So mm-hmm. we need to diversify the plants that we're eating each day. So here's my target for everybody. If you can target four to five different varieties of plants every day, all right? And you don't have to do this every single day as far as like eating different stuff every day, mm-hmm. but create more diversity so you can create more diversity in your microbes. All right. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Real quick before you leave there. Uh, I'm sorry. E, go for it. Yep. Go for no, it. No, no. I said, I, no, I just said, no question. It's funny, Sean, uh-huh. you know, moving to Cali, there's a, a Mediterranean restaurant that we've been eating at and I don't do olives, but I've left the olives in there. You feel me? I'm <laughs> like, yo, I don't eat olives. Like I don't particularly care for the taste, but to your point, I was like, yo, you need to do something different. And there's a couple other things that they have. Uh, inside of it that the Mediterranean spot I used to eat at, it doesn't have. So it was it's like you said, see different plants, parsley, other greens, and these other things that they had inside that I would normally, I'd just be like, yo, I don't eat that. But here I've been trying to, um, you know, like you said, and eat differently. So, so I've taken some stuff out. So let's just say, you know, um, we, don't, we didn't have a lot of restaurants in Lansing. Uh, I think we had like the Outback and maybe the Olive Garden. And I worked at the Olive Garden. So not something that I would do regularly, but my wife occasionally be like, yo, let's, you know, we just can't keep doing, I bet let's do whatever. So once I moved here, I was like, yo, I'm, I'm good on, like, I'm going to try to eat three or four different type of cuisines every day. Like I'm not going to eat what I ate back at the crib. You know what I'm saying? And you know, Cali is different, bro. Like they, I, I say this, it's a lot easier to eat healthier, even when I was in Lansing, like Lansing, I didn't live like necessarily in a community that had a whole bunch of bad restaurants, but Lansing as a whole, where I lived, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. You feel me? Let me just say that. It wasn't like you had a lot of, you know, in Cali, bro, especially where I live, it's all kind of places that you can go and get a plated meal that is healthy for you. You feel me? Uh, and so for me, it's like, yo, I'm going to switch it up. But I wanted to say this to your water thing the other day, uh, what you said earlier about water. I think a big challenge for a lot of us, man, coming from our community is uh, we, you know, you have these food goals. I'm sorry. You have these financial goals, relationship goals. Like everybody want to be married. Everybody want to be in a relationship. Everybody want to drive a certain kind of car. Everybody want to live in a neighbor, certain neighborhood. You know, you got a lot of people that have goals around that. Even people have diet goals. Like, you, you know, they only want to weigh so much, whatever. But I think one of the things that I had to do when I moved here, because Didi and I, whenever we move to a new house, we try, we try our hardest to say, let's not bring certain habits into this house. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's our thing. We're moving into a new environment. Mm-hmm. Let's not bring certain things to this environment, you know? And, and let's bring in a couple of things that we never even had, right? So, um, you, you know, Sean, while Cali is great in terms of the weather, uh, it's not the best water, you feel me? Um, and, and I lived in Michigan, which had like some of the best water in the nation. Thanks. Um, and so when I got here, 
I, I got eczema and I ain't had eczema since I was a teenager. But somebody was telling me in the neighborhood I live in, it's like the water is harsh, right? So one of the things I did, bro, and, and again, I'm not telling, I'm just telling y'all, you got to have food goals, like diet food goals, and you got to be as creative as you are in other things, whether that be financial for you, whether that be relationship, like whatever, you know, floats your boat. You got to start doing those things. And so I bought a, um, a water softener. You feel me? Like I bought a, a system, Sean, whatever that is. I never owned one before, you know, so I bought a system. One, I bought a system of water for my shower. I never did that before. And I bought a, a, a water softener, or water, whatever you call those things to drink, you know, out of the faucet. And what I found, honestly, Sean, spending money on it makes me drink it more, if that makes sense. Mm. You feel me? I'm just like, for real, I wasn't never no water to do like that. But yeah. because I paid some money for this water softener, you know what I'm saying, this water dispenser, whatever you call it, because I spent money on it, like I'm literally drinking water regularly. The, the other thing Didi and I did was, and you talked about glass forever, so I figured, yeah, we got a new start. You feel me? So let's do glass now that we got a new start. And so what we literally did was buy um, multiple glass containers. So we bought like a huge, um, you know, water. Um, like the five gallon you know, joint. Um, yeah, like, yeah, like I, I don't know if it's that big, but it's big. Whatever mm. the biggest one you can put in the refrigerator. Uh -huh. And what we do, Sean, is nightly we fill it up with water. And then we put it in the thing. And then we bought two um, like large glass, um, you, you know, it might look like a... Um, um, uh, I, I got a D. It may look like a, you know, like a what you would drink, but it's more, it's bigger than like thirty two ounces. Water. And I'll literally take that wherever I go, put the water in there, and drink that. And so I'm just saying because we spent money, right? We're literally doing it. And here's the other thing: when I used to work out, Sean, I thought it was evil to stop in the middle of a workout. Like I just had this sick mind that if you're gonna do an hour, you do an hour straight. Now I literally put water next to the workout boy. And I drink, I stop working out and drink water. So I'm just saying people have to like have goals, man, and, and, and really think this thing through because it just doesn't happen by osmosis. Ooh, and then you're going to add osmosis when talking about the water, too. <laughs> I, don't I hear you, A. I hear you, A. Yeah, man. Come on, that's, dog. That's, that's powerful, you know. And he's just bringing up some different points here of the different types of, of water. And I go, I go through all of that in East Smarter. But to hit that last point as well, see, uh, last tip or insight, mm. um, just to kind of pivot on that last point about the diversity, there was a study that was published in the journal Appetite, and they found that simply eating a little bit more green leafy vegetables can have radical improvements on your metabolism. And so we all hear this. This is kind of equal in every diet. Just like nobody's like, veggies are bad. Don't eat the right. veggies. You know, <laughs> veggies are going to kill you. You know, and so, but the question is why and how much, how does it work? So what they did was, it was a 12-week study, and this was a, a meta-analysis of data. And they found that folks who consumed green leafy vegetables like kale and spinach, just a serving or two a day, had significantly increased levels of satiety hormones. And one of them was GLP-1, which, you know, folks get to know about these things as well. But this helps you to feel satisfied. Because a big mm. part of the challenge with diet is being hungry and having cravings. Right, right. You know, mm. but we were taught like we, you suppose the goal is to be hungry, then you know it's working. But what if you can actually be satisfied while your body's burning fat? And so 
That's one thing to add to the mix. They also found that for every serving of vegetables folks ate, they lost an additional one-third centimeter off their waist circumference over the course of the study period. All right, so Mm. last point here. I mentioned this earlier, so I'm just going to go back to it since we kind of tied into the show today. And, And we talked about it in relationship to the brain performance and reducing symptoms of ADHD. But getting our omega-3s up and our omega-6s down. So omega-3s are anti-inflammatory omega-3. Omegas, omega-6s are pro-inflammatory. It's not that they're bad. It's just we get way too much. Humans, we evolved. We had about a 3 to 1 ratio of omega-6s to omega-3s. Now, some folks are getting 50 to 1 ratio and wondering why their bodies are so inflamed and, and they're dealing with chronic levels of diseases. So what we found was that Getting your improving your omega three ratio helps to increase your production of hunger uh, of your satiety hormones and decrease fat storage. So your body will literally decrease the amount of fat it's storing when you increase your ratio of omega three. So how do we do that? The the obvious source we're talking about food first is going to be from fish. That's what most folks know about salmon. Yep, yep, fatty fish. So salmon, mackerel, sardines. But here's here's a specific thing. How does it show up in the data, right? We know the omega-3s I mentioned for the brain. The journal Neurology found that folks who ate one seafood meal per week massively outperformed people who had less than one seafood meal per week in cognitive performance tests. So it literally shows up in the data that it makes you smarter, all right? Wow. Now, some folks that are listening is like, I don't do the fish, you know, the vegan protocol or like, I just, I can't even watch Aquaman. Like, I just, I don't stand, I can't stand fish, anything under the water. Like yeah. a Little Mermaid, damn that, yeah. right? For anybody that feels that way, looking towards, like, fish oil is the, 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 the one that has the most clinical efficacy. 99% of the studies are done on fish oil. But to take a step from there, to get your omega-3s, there's krill oil. All right, do you guys know about krill? No. All right. That's what whales eat, right? Yep, there you go, yeah. my man. You know I'm saying these, my son is into that stuff. So. <laughs> See, microscopic shrimp. These are microscopic yeah. shrimp. So wherever you lie on your ethics, but they're a massive, incredible source of DHA, EPA, but also astaxanthin, which is associated with longevity. But if, if we move from there, we have um, uh, omega-3 algae oils. If you're doing a strict vegan protocol, you have to get your DHA and EPA to help to reduce the amount of fat your body's storing to get these things to your brain. So get yourself in a high-quality algae oil. It is essential. You can eat all the omega-3s you want from plants. It's not the same thing. DHA and EPA, this is, these are from animal sources. Your body can convert some of that chia seed or flaxseed into DHA and EPA, but you lose about 80% of that in the conversion process. For you to get the amount of omega-3s you need, the DHA and EPA on a vegan diet, you're going to have to just mainline chia seeds into your body 24 (laughs) seven. And you might as well just sit on the toilet all day. All right. Because (laughs) it just doesn't work like that. Biochemically, we have to get high quality food sources. So get yourself an algae oil, get those omega threes up, increase the diversity in the foods that you're eating, specifically those green leafy vegetables we, we talked about and really focus on your hydration. These are just some of the principles, but also in the book and see just to close with this, I put together, and I did a video for each of these, a 10-video series. I hit the studio and did this. There's 10 foods clinically proven to optimize your your fat loss-related hormones. And everybody gets that for free when they order the book or pre-order the book Mm. at eatsmarterbook.com. 
And so, but all of that is in the book as well. There's specific foods that we know now, specific, specific nutrients that control what your hormones are doing. You know, so there's so much, there is a lot, but again, at the end of the day, it's making it fun, making it an adventure. We already went through a yeah. lot today and this is just yeah. 5% no, of the information. Hey, Sean, you know, yeah, Sean yeah. When, is the book, when is the book actually coming out? Because I promise you, I have so many people that I used to work with on the police department that worked at, that worked at midnight shift. Mm. And on that midnight shift, I promise you, there is no healthy food stores, uh, restaurants that's open during midnights. And so when I'm working with these officers, I swear, man, for 20 years, imagine going to the same restaurant or to one of these fast food places every single mm. day for 20 years. And to that blue collar worker, your mentality is, I'm going to get the value meal, meaning I'm going to get the cheapest item. There's nobody talking about this health stuff that you're talking about. Nobody's saying I'm going to get the, the value meal for my body, the one that's going to bring my body more value. Mm. They're saying I'm going to get the meal that's going to bring my wallet the most value. Mm. And come usually, on. Okay, Ma. You try, okay, Ma try to hit a three late. You know what I'm saying? Ma try to come in here at three late I'm with just, the value menu. You know what I'm saying? saying no, the value I'm just serious, meal. man. When he's talking, I'm just thinking about all these people I work with, bro, and they've been doing this. For 20, 30 years, you know, three wings, three wings, three wings, chicken sandwich, hmm. 99 cent value meal. And you're just doing that over time for five days a week, 10 days every two weeks for the next 20, 30 years of your life. And you wonder why you have all of these things that go wrong in your body. So, man, I, I, I promise you, I want to buy 10, 15 copies and I want to send these out as gifts yeah. to a lot of these officers. So when they're in a hole, they can read about how to eat healthy, man. Cause this ain't about food right now. I mean, you're talking yeah. about food, but this is really about longevity in your life and quality of life, man. So I appreciate yeah. you for this exposure right now, bro. This Absolutely. is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Sean yeah. too, real quick. You know, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit with the uh, virus, coronavirus. You're talking about the immune system in terms of exercising, like what's the best, is there a lung exercise? Like since you said it attacks the lungs, mm -hmm. is it like something we can do? Um, you know, cause again, you talked about diet, you know, supplements, things of that nature, but is there something for like, are we supposed to be doing 15 minutes of working out a day? Is it more lifting weights, push-ups, cardio? Like, you know, what are your recommendations on what we can do like yeah. daily That's to good. fight the uh, virus? Yeah. Yeah, this man, thank you for asking this question, E. Um, one of the things that the FDA was doing, they fast-tracked a drug that targets our bodies. Our immune system has many different components to it, but our natural killer cells, our NK cells, because they found that natural killer cells are incredibly effective at killing SARS-CoV-2 infected cells. All right, So your immune system has B cells, T cells, humoral immunity, all these different things. It's called the adaptive immune system. But when this hit the scene, we were told like we don't have an innate immunity to it. That's why it's such a high risk. But nobody talked about our adaptive immune system. And the fact of, and I want you guys to walk away with this, it might be a little bit much right now, but our immune system itself, our, the human immune system it evolved from a virus. It's based, it's like the seed that created our immune system is from a virus. The Human Genome Project found that humans, our genetic code, we're 8% endogenous viruses. We're made of viruses, all right? We have to have a different association with these things and not go to war with something we're made of, all right? Not to say that, again, opportunistic pathogens are, can be a problem, but here's what we can do as far as the, the lungs specifically. Mentioning the NK cells are incredibly, this is why kids don't seem to be remotely as affected. They have 
their their natural killer cells are very very dynamic and they seem to just be very good at taking out any kind of infection a study published by Appalachian State University found that simply going for a short walk immediately boosts your immune parameters most notably for your natural killer cells just going for a short walk what if every walk. message that we got on the news mm. saying we need mm. to Stay away from people. Stay in your home, but make sure you get your 10 minutes in. Get your 10 wow. minutes in each day, America. We could have lit, re- revolutionized the health of our country by now. Wow. wow. You know, 10 minutes a day. In the study, they found that the optimal number to get the, the best benefit was 20 minutes. All right, 20 minutes of walking. What does that do? <laughs> Any type of physical activity is going to engage the activity of your lungs and just help them to move and exercise. But what happens when we're closed up and we're in fear and we're just mm. watching the news and they have a death toll ticker, which is so inappropriate. <laughs> These are people's lives. They just got on there 24-7. Like it's a yep. stock market or something. Yep. It's so inappropriate. It's just creating more secretion of stress hormones, adrenaline, mm. cortisol, that's just breaking our body down and making us more susceptible, right? Wow. It's okay It's okay to be educated, but we don't have to be inundated. So that is, for, for myself personally, specifically looking at improvement of, of lung health, just going for a walk. 10, 10 to 20 minutes a day is the is the is the bar, you know, to get some of these benefits. So thank you for asking that question, E. Mm. Uh, again, man, hopefully y'all listening to that, man. I'm about to get on some people in my life, make sure they're getting up and walking. Um, you know, just those simple things. So no, nah, Sean, we definitely appreciate it. We're gonna have Sean back on uh at the top of the year. Um, man, there's so many more questions that I got. I was gonna ask you about the way in which we prepare some of these foods, you know, mm. just in terms of like, yo, like me and Ma, we've been doing a lot of bacon wrapped asparagus. Like, is that, am I still getting the, <laughs> the value of hey, the asparagus? Why is you always the... snitching on me, man? Why you always, you know <laughs> You know, I'm trying to see. But the flavor from the bacon just makes the asparagus. Uh, but, <laughs> but the bacon uh, with no carbs. So, uh, you know, we just, you know, a lot more questions, man. But in the meantime, again, we got to run. But listen, Sean, man, as always, bro, like, Seriously, sure. man, we, we do a lot of yeah. playing on this podcast, and yeah. we try to give a lot of value, uh, <laughs> mostly E and more. Uh, oh, um, but we try to give as much value to our people, man. We really care about our listeners, and we care about our community. Um, obviously, you've been on a time or two, and you know our communities have kind of cross-pollinated at this point, which is great, too. But um, let them know when the book comes out, where they can go, get it, pre-order it. Y'all know we want to show love, so... Uh, give us, uh, you kind of talked about it, but give us all the specifics on how we can get to you, uh, where we can contact you at, people who got questions, and also, of course, who want to listen to the podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, C. Uh, so, number one, the book comes out to end 2020 on a high note. It comes out December 29th nationwide. As I mentioned, we're in a partnership with Target stores. You know, obviously going to be available everywhere books are sold. But most importantly is to pre-order the book right now. Because again, I hit the studio, we put together a 10-video mini course. It's a $100 course people get for free when they pre-order the book right now. It's just go to eatsmarterbook.com, pre-order. It's an incredible value. And these are things you can start with right away. So 10 specific foods that help to enhance or optimize your fat loss-related hormones. All right? So that's number one. And number two, folks can connect with me. Where they're listening to this podcast, they can find The Model Health Show. Uh, the Model Health Show, very grateful to say we've been the number one fitness and nutrition podcast in the country many, many times over. 
And, let them um, know. Let them know. Yeah, man. Straight, straight out of the Midwest, you know, straight out of St. Louis, Missouri. You know, it's just remarkable. It just speaks to the, the quality of the content that we do. You know, we make education tangible and, and fun. And, you know, it's just about empowerment. So, yeah, man, that's that's it. The Model Health Show, themodelhealthshow.com. But go to pre-order the book right now and get that free course, eatsmarterbook.com. Eatsmarterbook.com. Y'all go check it out, man. Hey, Sean, can you do us a quick favor, brother? We are obviously we learned about Organifi from you. Uh, you are you, you put us on game. Yes, sir. You know, can you do our read? But make sure you use our promo code. Not yours. <laughs> <laughs> promo code success, Sean. Success. Yes, sir. So you know, as as Jamal mentioned earlier, you know there are wonderful things that we can bring in as far as the supplement side. But we want to make sure they're food based and not synthetic. Mm. All right, mm. from food, from earth grown nutrients. Because again, if we look at it before, it's just like based off of intuition, right? Maybe something that comes from food is better than something that's coming from a laboratory, some synthetic isolated chemical. But now we have data and it shows that we retain and absorb more of these nutrients when they're coming from food, you know? So whole food-based nutrients. And the great thing about Organifi is it's cold processed to retain a lot of the active ingredients in this combination of green superfoods, spirulina, Chlorella, but spirulina, seven, it's the high, we talked about protein earlier. It's the highest protein food ever discovered. It's 71% protein by weight. Wow. But it doesn't weigh that much. So it's just not, it's not like going, you know, spirulina versus chicken. But just understand it, it's also very digestible, right? Humans have been eating spirulina for centuries, thousands of years. From Africa to South America, like, you know, Chad, these, this was a major protein source for. Uh, many cultures of the past. But also what's cool about spirulina is it's a great source of magnesium. And when I talked about magnesium, uh, well, actually, when I talked about nutrients that can cross the blood-brain barrier and feed your brain, magnesium is one of those nutrients. And one of the studies that was done that you know is in the book found that folks who simply increased their intake of magnesium had brains that were nine years younger, senior citizens, simply by increasing their magnesium intake it helped their brain to reverse an aging, all right? These things are possible because it's changing what our genes are doing, all right? So great source of, of magnesium. Anything green is going to add that benefit. And here's the big thing about Organifi. It actually tastes good. That's yeah. the thing. <laughs> There's up. so many green, you know, superfood blends out there. I've been doing this, you know, almost 20 years. I've had so many nasty things prior to this. Yeah. You know, like you guys are, <laughs> are in the game at a great time when stuff is starting to taste good. So yeah. <laughs> uh, hit up Organifi. You give them the promo code, man. Promo code success. All right. Use the promo code success. Um, no, I appreciate it. And seriously, my kids literally drink Organifi every day. Avery actually loves it. Trey don't like anything. So he's like, ah, but I make them drink it, um, you know, as, as well, man. Just, again, trying to do those little things, man. I mean that. And, you know, you've been a huge help to me. A lot of people may not know uh, that when my pops was fighting prostate cancer, I called Sean was the first call I made and he was like, yo, give me Pop's number. And him and Pop's linked up, man. And hey, Pop's Pop's obviously beat the prostate cancer. He's doing well. He's healthy. So, you know, I, I could never repay you for that, man. And, and you know, you've been there for us. Uh, and, you know, health, man, is so critical, man. You know, we just talked about it the other day, man. We, unfortunately, we had a, a, a homie, man, who we lost, you know, just a couple weeks ago, man. And, you know, it, it sucks, man. And, you know, we want to do everything we can do to make sure that we're healthy, uh, to make sure that we're doing, you know, the little things. It's information, right? Like, w w say, my people perish from a lack of information. Like, 
we don't have the information that we should have, and you've been doing an incredible job of bringing the information in a way that's digestible, no pun intended. Uh, we, we are going to continue to support you. Uh, we appreciate you for continuing to support, support us. Y'all go get the book, man. You know what it is. Also, Maul was just on your podcast. They can go listen to that. When does that come out, Sean? Is it out already? This uh, won't come out till next week. But yeah, it comes when, out. When, when, it comes out during book launch week for, okay, for Maul. Oh, perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. perfect. So it it's, comes a, it's out fire. Far. It's yeah. pure <laughs> fire. Yeah, absolutely. So go check it out, man. I heard it was some tears involved. Oh, oh yeah, uh, man. So, Maul, man. Yeah. <laughs> I never seen it, man. It's like if you ever seen a grizzly bear cry, bro, <laughs> it's gonna hit you. Yeah. That's all those omega threes. Uh, it, it was the onions that I was putting into my, uh, yeah. my stir fry. That's what it was. Hey, Sean, appreciate you as always, man. Blessings yes, to sir. the family, brother. Happy holidays, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you guys. All right, we out of here. We'll see you next week. Let's go. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity.